Welcome to the Wisdom of Pope Francis podcast. I am your host, John Halawadi. And in this particular episode, we're going to take kind of a bird's eye view of Laudato Si, which is the next encyclical that I will be exploring in this particular podcast. We just finished up Fratelli Tutti, and now we'll be heading into this one. Before we dive in chapter by chapter into Laudato Si, though, I wanted to take a look at the encyclical as a whole. And thankfully, I was able to sit down with a friend of mine who is very knowledgeable about Laudato Si and about encyclicals in general and how all those things might play out in this particular encyclical or letter to the church from Pope Francis. This episode is the first installment of a few because our conversation ran for a very long time. So it's been whittled down and sorted out, but it's still a lot. So you'll be getting the introduction to Laudato Si in chunks over the next two or three weeks. I hope you enjoy this. Welcome to another Wisdom of Pope Francis podcast. Uh, I am totally excited about this particular episode because I have another human being sitting across from me um, who thankfully knows way more than I do about the subject uh, that we're going to talk about today. Um, I'm sitting here with a wonderful Ryan Mayer um, of Sacramento. So, Ryan, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe like where you work, what your background is? Sure. Well, I don't consider myself a being of Sacramento, so I won't <laughs> hold that against you. Uh, but I'm originally from uh, Arizona, grew up in Arizona. But um, I am currently the director of the Office of Catholic Identity Assessment and Formation for the Archdiocese of San Francisco. Uh, before that, I taught uh, theology at Marine Catholic High School for almost 15 years. I was a teacher and administrator there. And before that, taught at two other Catholic high schools, one in Orange County, one in Arizona. So um, for the last 20 years of my life, been involved in Catholic education. And so the reason that I have you on here is because I know that you had, had have, you know, on your own and also like I think in the pursuit of a master's at one point, uh, have tried to really um, study up on uh, environmentalism, I think, in, in papal encyclicals. And so, again, just to be clear about what an encyclical is, this whole podcast is about um, the writings of Pope Francis and specifically about his uh, encyclicals um, in particular. We just finished going through Fratelli Tutti. And now we're kind of heading into uh, the encyclical Laudato Si. So an encyclical is just a, a high-level letter uh, written by the Pope, pope Francis or by any pope um, for the larger church and the larger world. And would you add anything to that definition? Or Yeah, there, there's a great tradition in the 20th century of encyclical letters. There are other types of documents that popes will write, apostolic letters and, and so on, um, but an encyclical is significant in that it's intended for wider distribution to be circulated amongst the faithful, uh, or sometimes it's addressed just to the bishops or to the clergy, but in recent years there's been uh, more, uh, it's been more common for encyclicals to be addressed to, to the whole church, to the wider church. And, and actually, Pope Francis addresses Laudato Si not only to the whole church, but to all people of goodwill, which is significant, because that's not always something you see historically with encyclicals. Early on in the, in the encyclical, he mentions that this is really intended for everyone of goodwill because of, of the theme, which is the care of our common home, right? So it's not, something about, it's not about something that's explicitly Christian or Catholic or ecclesial or churchy, but it's because it's about our common home. It's uh, relevant for everyone, no matter whether you're a Christian or not. Yeah, and so the just to be clear, the next uh, encyclical we're getting into is Laudato Si, 
um, because we just finished Fratelli Tutti, so we're getting into this one. And Laudato Si, as Ryan Mayer said, was is all about the environment. And I remember when this encyclical first came out, like it just seemed like it dropped like a bomb. Maybe this is because I became Catholic around the same time Pope Francis became Pope. And so that's when I started really paying attention. But it seemed like he came and addressed Congress and you had, you know, all this stuff going on. And I think probably largely because it was not just written to the church. It was it had so many things in it that applied to like everybody in the world. I, yeah. And, I, and to add to that, I think when it was announced that the topic of this encyclical would be on uh, the environment or on ecology there, there were people on sort of both sides of all of the debates that take place within those themes that's, that preemptively dug in their heels in anticipation of what's he going to say, right? So when it came out, uh, everyone wanted to, to read it very quickly so that they could see whether or not the Pope agreed with them, uh-huh. <laughs> which is sometimes how that works, even if we're, if we're honest with ourselves. It's like sometimes that's that our thing. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, and I was actually in... Uh, I was in Italy. I was living in Italy with my family. I was studying in Rome at the time for uh, a a degree called the licentiate, which is sort of a European uh, degree in the field of bioethics, in particular studying personalist bioethics. Um, In other words, what does it mean to be a human human being, a human person? I think that that that's a question that a lot of people forget when they talk about the environment. There's a lot of talk about the environment, but we forget about the role of the human person in care for creation, which is really what Pope Francis is talking about here. So when this encyclical came out, I was really interested in it, uh, one, because I was living in Italy, but I was also studying um, topics that are uh, really, that intersect with some of the themes in this document. And I think I read it first in Italian, like, I'm not fluent in Italian like my wife is, but... um, at the time, I was going to school in Italian, so my Italian was good enough that I could read it and get something out of it. Did you feel like that changed anything for you in terms of like the understanding of of the of the document? Or I, I would love to say okay. yes, John. Here here are all the nuances <laughs> I picked you, up on, and, and you really got to read it in Italian. In the original, yeah, the original Klingon, original Latin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, uh, yeah, I, I remember reading through it, and I was surprised to see how. That I was surprised to see his connection with like with actual people. Why do we care about the environment? Well, because we care about people. Yeah, and this is if you were to to draw a word cloud and and you can see the words that are are most prominent in in the encyclical, and the three most um, prominent words are human, world, and God, yeah. followed closely by also, uh-huh. which. Seems funny, but I mean, think about the relation. That, that's really what he's doing in this, in this encyclical, is talking about the relationship that human beings have with the world, but also in terms of their relationship with God and, and the way that God has entrusted the care of the world to them. And all of those things need to go together, right? And so the, world, the word also, I think, becomes important there. Um, the, there there's that great Catholic and. Uh, we never want to focus on one or the other. Um, all of these things go together. I thought that was a, that's a really good point too, because um, I think a lot of times, whenever Pope Francis especially comes out with something like an encyclical or some larger document, it's always the snippets that get pulled out. The whole thing gets colored in one particular way. So I remember when this first came out, it was like climate change was the big thing, right? And so, like, does he talk about climate change in there? Yeah, he talks about climate change, but if I remember correctly, it was it was not much in comparison to the the larger body of the work. 
could you just like tell us, give us a broad brush strokes of like what's, what's in it? Yeah, so I, I think it's worth going back and saying a few things about the encyclical before looking at um, sure. the, the structure of it. So you talked about a little bit about other encyclicals and, and, and what an encyclical is and so on. The, uh, the church's social teaching, it actually really was developed through encyclicals and the teaching of the popes in the 20th century. Clearly, the church had a social teaching before that, but it, but it really became specifically promulgated in papal encyclicals in the 20th century. And that really goes back to um, Pope Pius XIII, who was pope from uh, uh, until 1903. Uh, it goes back to one particular encyclical called Rerum Novarum uh, on capital and labor. And it was, uh, it was one of the... It wasn't the first time, but it was, it was one of the first times that, that a pope really had something extensive and deep to say about social issues. In fact, the, the, the Latin title Rerum Novarum means revolutionary things, and he's responding to the changes brought about in society and in the family as a result because of, because of the Industrial Revolution and because of what he calls revolutionary things, because of the rise of these social systems that came about in response to social upheaval because of the technological revolution. So he's very critical of socialism by name in that document, but he also has to say a lot about uh, the dignity of work and, and the rights of workers. So this, this body of social teaching in the 20th century can really be traced back to Pope Leo XIII, uh, his encyclical Rerum Novarum. Um, in fact, so much so that uh, a number of, there were a number of encyclicals in the 20th century by Pope Pius XII, Pope John Paul II, that actually, uh, that actually took their name based on the number of years it had been since Rerum Novarum. So, for example, uh, one of the encyclicals is is just titled 80 Years Since Rerum Novarum, uh-huh. or 100 <laughs> Years. Centesimus Annus is, is yeah. one of John Paul II's encyclicals. So, 100 Years Since Rerum Novarum. Um, so, that gives you an idea of the importance of Rerum Novarum in, in the place of, the, of Catholic social teaching in the 20th century, and then the way that subsequent encyclicals and, and papal teaching really uh, expanded Catholic social, our understanding of Catholic social teaching in the 20th century. So Leo XIII wrote a lot. He wrote uh, uh, 85 different encyclicals on uh, all, all manner of, of topics. He wrote on the rosary, education, marriage, slavery, Italian immigration, immigration in general, uh, Freemasonry, clergy, the Eucharist. So there's this broad body of teaching. Um, John Paul II, by comparison, wrote 14 encyclicals. Pope Benedict, and this is this will be our segue to Pope Francis, uh, wrote three and a half encyclicals. <laughs> so he wrote uh, Deus Caritas Est, God is Love, uh, Spe Salvi, uh, Hope, Hope Saves, uh, Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth, and then he started an encyclical on faith called Lumen Fide, or uh, the Light of Faith. Uh, but he didn't finish it, and so Pope Francis actually his first encyclical was to finish. Lumen Fide. And if you read Lumen Fide, it's very clear where Pope Benedict ends and Pope Francis begins. Oh, how funny. Uh, yeah. Because of the style of their writing is evident. And, and that's something I love about just the popes in general is they are who they are. They bring who they are to their vocation. And so Pope Benedict writes like a German theologian. John Paul II writes like a Polish personalist philosopher. Pope Francis writes like a Jesuit pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
that's good because they bring who they are to to their uh, ministry as successor to Peter. Um, so Pope Francis' first encyclical was to finish Pope Benedict, where Pope Benedict uh, left off with Lumen Fide, and Laudato Si was Pope Francis' second encyclical. And then how how does Laudato Si fit in with what popes have said about the environment? With Pope Francis, again, it's like everything that he comes out with, th- th- there seems to be this wedge put between him and Pope Benedict or between him and whoever came before him and everything before him. And does Laudato Si uh, form kind of a break with the previous stuff, or does it form a continuity, or is it a little bit of both? Yeah, that's a good question. I was going to say it's, uh, until you said a little bit of both, I was going to say, no, it's absolutely a continuity, but maybe it's a little bit of both, you know? Um, so this is actually one recommendation I would have for reading any encyclical and any, anything that comes from the church is to read it with the church, uh, to read it in, in what we, we would call a hermeneutic of continuity. In other words, read it as a continuous expression of the church's teaching, not, not as something new and novel that's just coming from the mind of Pope Francis or whoever the pope happens to be. And the Pope acknowledges that, Francis acknowledges that at the beginning of this encyclical where he says, uh, by promulgating this now, um, this I add to the body of the Church's teaching in this area. So mm-hmm. he doesn't intend to say anything new, and he says that explicitly in, in the opening sections of Laudato Si. So, for example, um, one way to do this is to pay attention to footnotes. I think the footnotes are really important. Uh, you, see the, you see this in the catechism, too. I mean, the catechism is heavily footnoted. Um, and and, and it, when, you, when you pay attention to the footnotes, it really opens up what you're reading. Um, the same is true of the encyclical. So, for example, uh, the three most footnoted authors in Laudato Si are, in order, John Paul II, Pope Benedict, and then an Italian-German uh, theologian named uh, Romano Guardini. John Paul II has 36 footnotes in Laudato Si. Benedict XVI has 29 and then the next closest is Guardini with 10. Mm-hmm. So that tells you something. Right away, he's drawing heavily from the teaching of his two predecessors, uh, and he acknowledges that, that that's important. In fact, um, so much so is this a continuity of the teaching of his predecessors that it's important to note. Like, if you if you were just to go down, you know, the streets of, let's just say, downtown Sacramento here, and ask people, uh, who had the nickname the Green Pope? Most people would say, Pope Francis, right? He's the one who wrote the encyclical. He's, he's the progressive. He's the whatever, right? Um, that was actually Benedict XVI's nickname. He was known as the Green Pope because he wrote quite a bit on the relationship between human, human beings and creation. Um, there are two books I, I, I would recommend. They're both anthologies. One is simply called The Environment, and it's a collection of his quotes uh, and another one is published by Our Sunday Visitor, and another one is called Ten Commandments for the Environment, Pope Benedict Speaks Out for Creation, uh, and this is published by Ave, Mar- Ave Maria Press uh, at, out of Notre Dame. Yeah, and I'll put links to that in the show notes. That sort of answers your question. Uh, there's a great continuity here. Uh, it should be read in, in that continuity. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Wisdom of Pope Francis. As always, if you have any opinions or ideas or comments or questions, please feel free to go over to johnnycatholic.wordpress.com. 
and feel free to leave a comment there. I'll leave a link in the show notes. I hope you have a great week. God bless.